Well, hello, Christmas in Plant Park. That's our thing, Christmas. And uh, there's only two weeks left, so here's the question for today. Have you made your Christmas wish list yet? Two weeks? I imagine all around homes here in Plant Park that on the refrigerator there are lists posted up ready for Santa Claus to know what to bring. So I've really enjoyed my kids, at least, making lists and their joy of just talking about what they want with beaming, smiling faces and excitement. It's fun, right? Christmas, this expectation of what could happen for them. And I certainly hope that Santa Claus comes through for them this year. But what is most interesting to me about their lists is that after all these things that they want and just talk joyfully about, you get to the last thing that says, surprise me. And that's my favorite one. I mean, I, of course, like the surprise gift way better than giving you what you want on your list. Because in giving the surprise gift, there's this this fun for me, the giver, of hunting and looking and finding just the right unexpected thing, and then putting it under the tree, and the kid's just wondering, what could that be, right? Under the paper, what's in there, right? That's, That's Advent. And this is the season of Advent where we're preparing, once again, to think about Jesus coming, right? And so in the presence, there's this exciting anticipation, of what is inside there. So, Advent. But as much as Advent and Jesus' birth was a surprise, we also have to remember that the Advent of Christ was not meant to be a surprise. So, today, we have a few things to talk about. We have tantalizing potential, marvelous scavenger hunt, break the mold. That's where we're going. So, tantalizing potential. I mean, even that phrase, tantalizing potential, has tantalizing potential in it. I mean, it's intriguing, right? What's inside the present? And that's what all the kids suspect at Christmas. They suspect there's something in those presents that they want. And also, for the history of God and the people of Israel in the Old Testament, God was making these promises, these prophecies about a Messiah to come. And in a similar way, it was this tantalizing potential of a Messiah is coming. And we're looking for that. We're waiting. So presents. You know, if you knew what was inside the box wrapped in paper, it wouldn't be as intriguing. I remember once, long ago as a kid, there was a big, huge box that arrived under our Christmas tree, like weeks before Christmas, a long time, so that we would just, as my brother and sister, we would just argue over who was it for. Because unlike normal Christmas presents, this did not have a tag, as it should have. So we are all arguing, whose is it? And then Christmas Day comes, and our parents so kindly say, well, you guys can unwrap it together. Oh, how fun. Well, we unwrap the tantalizing potential of all that and the overwhelming disappointment of a coffee maker. (laughs) Lame. Never again did we argue over opening presents. But you get this idea of tantalizing potential, right? And it's the same thing in the scriptures, that God has made these promises, these prophecies, looking forward to a Messiah would come. Right away in the beginning of Genesis chapter 3, God made a promise. He promised a serpent-crushing offspring that would come. And this is in the words of Genesis 3.15, these kind of odd words. 
But this promise is made way back then. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. There's this little bit of hint at a Messiah would come, and there would be something that would happen in the future that God would do. So, Christmas story. It's about the Messiah being born. But it isn't a story that's a surprise because all these hints are given. It is instead a story of fulfillment. You know, throughout the Old Testament, God revealed these hints. So Jeremiah said that um, the Messiah would come in the line of David. And Micah said that the Messiah would be born in the town of Bethlehem. And Isaiah said that the Savior would be born of a virgin. So years ahead of time, God is giving this potential and giving us this tantalizing excitement of a Messiah is coming, and we have to wait. And so next we have to move to a marvelous scavenger hunt because a scavenger hunt is all about looking for, finding the next clue. The hunt is on to find out more and to get to the end. We see that when Jesus began his three years of ministry, um, Philip made a comment to his friends, went and said to his friends, said this, We have found him, of whom Moses and also the prophets wrote. We found him. Right? They were expecting him. Philip didn't say, hey, surprise, the Messiah's here. He said, oh, we found him who we've been looking for, who we've been expecting. And all of this is confirmation of God's faithfulness. God said he would do it, and now the Messiah is here. And that's the story of Christmas. Story of Christmas for us as well. Because in the Advent season, it is a vivid reminder that God does what he says he will do. God made a promise, he followed through. God has made promises, and he will follow through with us. So Matthew, in his gospel account, five times emphasizes something. Matthew 5 times says, this, is, this was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. This was to fulfill. This was to fulfill. Over and over, it's this emphasis that God promised it, and now here is the fulfillment. So in the scriptures, we witness this marvelous treasure hunt. As people are hearing God's promises, hearing these pieces of prophecy, and following and moving in that direction with God. I mean, even we have the wise men. The wise men are these great characters in the story who have been doing this marvelous treasure hunt in the sky, looking for signs of what God is doing, listening to a message written in the stars. So this marvelous treasure hunt is also what we have today, that we continue to look for God's hints at what he's doing around us. So what if Advent isn't an exhausting list of duties, but instead is this marvelous scavenger hunt where we keep discovering these tantalizing clues of, of a good master. And what if God shares our delight and our high expectations in planning and preparing a surprise for someone? And what if God is coming like in the same way that somebody's coming over for Christmas Day from far away and it makes it worth all of the effort to cook and to clean and to shop and to decorate because you have this great expectation of that person coming. And what if the preparation time 
And all that effort just vanishes the moment you take that person in your arms and hold them and hear them. So all these what-ifs and this marvelous scavenger hunt attune us to these surprises of God's promises. And that is what Advent is all about. And so we come to the breaking of the mold. Because Jesus is a surprise coming as a baby. I mean, of course, yes, they all talked about it. That's prophesied. Yes, he's coming as a baby. But how do you believe something so impossible? I mean, that is just out of the category of normal, right? That this, this baby sent from heaven is God, it's impossible. So how do we believe that? We have to break the mold. And that's what God does with it. He breaks the mold of how things normally are so that he can break in. Kathy Coffey wrote this, that it seems as if God always makes an entrance through the door behind us, the place where we weren't looking. You know, that pattern also found in the Bible sensitizes us to look beyond the tried and true, socially sanctioned, boring, repetitive rut. As some say, God lurks in the cracks between certainties. I think that's it, right? That we all function in this tried and true, familiar grooves and ruts. We live in the mold. It's just simply how we think and how we operate our our routines. And then God breaks in. God breaks the mold and breaks the routine. God breaks in, and Advent is this yearning for Christ to come. Right? This, This idea, once again, of, oh, Christ is coming. And that Christ is coming again is based on the fact that he came the first time. And so, now as we wait for the coming again, we live in the kingdom of heaven that is established now. So we long for this world, in our world, to be saturated with God's good love, to be penetrated with God's presence, and for our hearts to be open to more compassion. So as we join Jesus in his surprises and unpredictability, we have to embrace the things that disrupt our story and the things that take us out of our routine, the things that break the mold. So one of the main reactions to Jesus um, as an adult in his ministry was astonishment, right? Over and over, the the report is that people were astonished. And Jesus so often breaks the mold of what the Messiah ought to be like, right? This is what the Messiah should be like. And then Jesus does something very different. So if we can go on a scavenger hunt during these two weeks left in Advent, we can begin looking for God's surprises around us, to have our eyes open to what God is doing, to see these kind efforts of people around us, to see the discovery of an option in a situation that seemed like a dead end, you know, to see a sympathetic friend in a wildly dysfunctional office, or to have that window and moment in time in a busy schedule. Or it's just simply a flash of beauty, or checking the mail, or some stimulating conversation in an otherwise empty day. You know, hunting for these surprises that are all around us, that God is putting into our days, is what Advent is about. 
And as we have our eyes open, God is growing in us a hope. God is growing in us something to believe more, to believe the impossible. So if you know that the story ends happily, why waste time on worry? Well, for these last two weeks of Advent, I invite you to look for the tantalizing potential, to get excited about the things that God is doing, not just in the presents we unwrap, but in the things that God is doing around us. And to go on that marvelous scavenger hunt that God has prepared for you. God has these things he wants you to find and discover and to know. These hints and to take those clues and keep going. And in all this to break the mold. You know, if you are like me and have been around a few years of Christmas, perhaps you've heard the story a few times and have sung the songs a few too many times, and the mold is pretty fixed. What would it look like? For this Advent, to break the mold and to begin seeing God anew and to begin seeing God in the impossible. Let's pray. All powerful God who hung the stars in the sky, help us to step back and take a long view. Your kingdom is not only beyond our efforts, it is even beyond our vision. Nothing we do is complete. The kingdom always lies beyond us. No statement says all that could be said. No prayer fully expresses our faith. No confession brings perfection. No pastoral visit brings wholeness. No program accomplishes the church's mission. No set of goals and objectives include everything. So God, may we join you in your work as we do our work. Help us plant the seeds that will one day grow. Help us water those seeds that are already planted, knowing that they hold future promise. And help us lay foundations that will need further development. And help us provide yeast that produces far beyond our capabilities. We cannot do everything, and there is a sense of liberation in realizing that. This entitles us to do something and to do it very well. It may be complete, but it is a beginning, a step along the way, an opportunity where, God, you and your grace can enter and do the rest. We may never see the end results, but that is the difference between the master builder and the worker. We are the workers, not master builders. Ministers, not messiahs. We are prophets of the future, not our own. Pray these things, God, that you would bring them to pass. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.